It finally happened. 9.15. It's hard to tell how many years later, which means it's time for the podcast of the century, proving fighting is easier from outside the cage. I'm Kevin. With me, of course, Raph. Sparza, Raph, how was the fight? Was it, was it golden? Was it like the Hindenburg, except in a good way? Uh, when you put it like that, we're, we're getting closer to what it was like. But, um, you know... Well, Kevin, are you inferring that you did not pay $100 to watch the fight you wanted to see five years ago? I feel like I should say this publicly, and I should say it out loud. I did not see the fight. I Can I not. ask you why you did not? You can. I obviously wasn't going to pay for it, and I was kind of just in transit, and this was the first, genuinely the first night I've been home in a little while, so I was just, I basically was too beat to go to a bar and watch it. Okay, because you <laughs> so were not going to order it at home. No, it was a non-starter. I was like, I can't spend $100 on this fight. I just don't love boxing that much, and from my read of the landscape, what happened was what I thought might happen. Okay. So you didn't want to buy the Tecate rebate? Correct. I did not want to well, anything saying, to do with Tecate. Would have, would have cut down the cost by half the price. You still would have had to drink Tecate, but, you know. Well. All right. Well, okay. So, yeah. I mean, obviously there's a lot to talk about. Answer questions about the fight. And you invited, um, I'm assuming, some sort of hack to help us along the way. Yes? No? Am I getting that right? Well, Kevin, come on. He is a guest on this show. And if you are going uh, to refer to him as a hack, I would refer that you refer to his hack name. And that would be Eric Jackman, otherwise known as New York Rick, from the MMA Hour. Eric, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing okay. Uh, not bad. I mean, not great. Um, we can kind of get into it if you have a few minutes. Um, you can just kind of serve as my therapist and we can talk out how my day went, um, and kind of, uh, talk about what I ate and all that stuff. Yeah, sure. You, time? I, you know, that's interesting radio to begin with. So obviously, <laughs> but Eric, when we start talking about Mayweather and Pacquiao, how far do you go back in wanting to see this fight? Uh, let's say at least. Six years. Okay, um, six years. Bare minimum. Okay. Okay. I felt like it was longer. Like, I felt like it was nearly at least eight years ago I wanted to see this fight. And it was because they had both been building really good resumes. Uh, I, I think there was a crucial moment when they both beat Oscar De La Hoya that I just kind of said, oh, that'd be interesting. Or, oh, they've racked up these wins that seem kind of similar. Uh, but for sure, I know in 2009 – we had gotten to this point where people were saying this contract is done in 2010. This is the year the fight is happening. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, earlier on, it was just a fight that seemed to fit. Um, but, but six, five years ago, uh, this was the must make fight and, uh, we didn't get it until 2015. Sure. And just in your estimation, why did we not get this fight then? You know, it, I mean, it seems like there were so many behind-the-scenes kind of contract things that had to be worked out. You know, who's taking uh, what percentage of the money. Um, but to be honest, by the time we did get it, I think it played out well for everybody involved. So maybe they were, you know, smarter than we give them credit for. Wow. Even though wow. there will be fans who there will be fans who say this fight came too late. But 
judging by the paydays, I think it came right on top. Yeah, I, mean, I was just gonna say I'm the money there. they made I'm, is ridiculous. I'm not gonna say here nor there. I'm going to let you know that 2009 money may, with inflation, actually be about the same. But uh, it's kind <laughs> of hard to get excited about this match, though. I, so I think there's a weirdness in its disconnect. But people still wanted to watch it. I mean, aside from Kevin, I wanted to watch it. Okay. I just didn't execute. It wasn't you like just, you know, didn't execute. flagrant disregard. <laughs> now, did you have your hand on the purchase button and pulled it back? Or what was the scenario where you were trying to watch it and you couldn't? Um, you, were, I, you know, you were on the highway and sure. stuck in traffic. You couldn't make it. What was the – tell, tell, tell us about it. A <laughs> little bit of option A, a little bit of option B. Suffice it to say I did take a look one more time to just confer that it was as expensive as I thought it was. So I did have that one moment where <laughs> I was like – it was going to be a discounted rate? And I was just like – I was like if this fight's amazing, this is a no-brainer. But if this fight sucks, I'm going to be so <laughs> pissed. So I didn't buy it. And let me ask you guys. Mm. Um, was the highlight of the fight something that happened before the fight started? Well, that depends on how you define things. So I did not watch the prelims because, ew, boxing. And <laughs> I got there. I got to the party. And uh, just to appease my sister, who is a giant Clippers fan, we were switching back and forth between... Yeah, that game was going on. Game 7 was... I did watch that. And it was amazing. It was a great game. So, uh, shout out to my sister, Chris, who texted me and said to say that she was rooting for Mayweather, or at least she supported him because he supports the Clippers. So... Take that for what you will. Uh, but my sister was excited, and there was it was a great game. So it was very hard uh, to not get excited about one when you knew like the Clippers were having a great game, and that the boxing match that you were expecting could potentially not be great. So we're now going over, and you switch over, and you think, okay, the boxing match is going to start. But Eric, how long did it take for us to actually see the start of this main event fight from the end of the last uh, card, I guess, the last fight before it. It seemed like we got pushed back about 45 minutes just based on when the previous match ended and, you know, as they were gathering more and more money into their pockets, uh, waiting for the, the pay-per-view <laughs> services uh, to collect everybody's dollars and Time Warner Cable was shut down for, you know, two days because they're the worst cable service in America. Um, but also, you know, it can't be easy to get the Burger King warmed up. You know, that guy's a little stiff. Um, so they had to get him rolling is what I heard. Um, Kevin has no person, what you're my you say you, you should have been time. announcing this fight. Like the two of you should have been calling it. I would have for sure watched because this is fucking great. Well, what was the Burger King guy doing? 10% less objective. Uh, well, let's put it this way. <laughs> Kev, okay, so... We'll get to the Burger King in one second, but yes, uh, I don't want Eric to get away with a blanket statement that accuses cable networks and cable stations of taking the time to pretend like something's wrong so that more people like Kevin, who are double-checking to make sure that they didn't just discount the fight of the century for like 30% because they're like, hey, if you want to get it now, it's on the cheaps, come on, it's not $90 like like, we said it'd be. In fact, we'll give you standard definition for sixty nine ninety nine. No, it was none of that. In fact, what they were doing was they were waiting for people to try and just will themselves into buying it because 
that's what they knew. They knew if they could just wait it out. So, Kevin, what do you think they did during that time while they were killing time? Entertainment value? Uh, maybe like a little signature bullfight in the ring? I wish. I wish. And they just let it's Matt inter- Damon it's interesting. improv? It's, <laughs> it's interesting that you said bullfight because they did sing the Mexican national anthem. Um, and I'm not sure why. Because <laughs> Mexico sponsored this fight. Did you not see the middle ring rope where Mexico was written entirely across of it? And all of a sudden, I would like to go ahead and take this moment on on, on behalf of all of the Browns uh, and say that the Brown folk have endorsed the boxing for years to come. So, yes, when people were looking around, they're like, why are they singing Mexican songs when – there is no Mexican fighting, I said. How dare you? Mexicans have been purchasing and neglecting their families to buy these boxing events for years. So, yes, they deserve a song. That's fair enough. Uh, yep. we, we can let them have one. We can fair have enough. I still have no closer to understanding. Do they play a lot of countries that have, like, a big boxing backgrounds? Nah, nah it was just – well, we're about to get there, too, because, woo, that's a topic – for a very, very big vitriol. But let's talk about the fact that Kev... Hey, I, I did see one thing. <laughs> I know, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Oh, okay. Because okay. <laughs> the one thing that they did to fill time was they had prepackages which uh, reinforced the narrative of Manny, good. Mayweather, bad. And they were telling us a lot about their stories. And then they'd go out to people and a.k.a. celebrities out in the audience. Wait, 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 wait. I have to I have to hold you there on AKA celebrities. Um, are you inferring? Are you trying to imply or infer that that these people are not celebrities in some way? Because that was a star-studded crowd. It was um, big, yeah, definitely. But when you show Paris Hilton more than three times, I start to wonder where the other celebrities are. Uh, they definitely cut to her more often than not, and she was definitely doing her. Hey, I'm high. Yeah. So that was a lot. But then they also go up to people like Denzel Washington. Amazing actor, right? I think we're all in agreement, right? Oh, yeah. For sure. Okay. Okay. So here's the line of questioning. Denzel, what do you think about this fight? Uh, You know, these guys, they're they're so good at boxing. You know, boxing's a sport where people, (laughs) like, they fight each other, but they're also tested. And, uh, yeah, I'm Denz- I've won two Oscars. What do you want from me? All right. That so leave me the fuck alone. So they, go- they went up to practically everybody. At one point, they went up to Tom Brady, who had no voice, because he was at the Kentucky Derby. Because, Kevin, there were a record number of private jets used at this event. So he took uh, a private um... jet from the Kentucky Derby <laughs> to the fight same day. That's fucking now, baller, by the way. Of course he, he did. He, nice job, Tom. Do you think that anybody in the building was drunker than Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith? Um, because it seemed like their blood was entirely alcohol at that point. <laughs> to be fair, if you had to spend time next to Shaq every day, you'd probably want to get pretty <laughs> drunk, too. Uh, I guess, I mean, if people are paying for you to have ringside seats and to have a ball, I guess I'd be Mark Wahlberg, too. And just sitting there and saying, like, yeah, I'll have some peanuts. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Let's go ahead and do this, whatever. And I think the most important thing for me, though, is by the time they got over to interview Tom Brady and his voice is out, 
the first thing I thought was, wait, didn't Gronkowski come with him too? Yeah, Gronk, not in the same section. Completely opposite side. Did not Why? even remotely be in the same section. Because, uh, you know, Tom Brady, dude. Tom Brady was sat next to uh, Les Moonves, who helped put this together as the head of CBS, who wanted to make sure that we put on boxing. So keep that in consideration. Anyway, so now we're getting close to the actual event. Uh, Eric, where are you at this point? Like, before the fight, we've now waited for another 50 minutes. Are you excited still? My anticipation is building just because I know we're getting close uh, to the Mayweather walkout. Now, I wasn't I wasn't as excited for the Pacquiao walkout because he already unve- unveiled that he would be singing his own walkout. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that kind of ruined the element of surprise. If he, if he hadn't mentioned that and just came out singing his own song, and especially if he had grabbed the microphone and started singing it live, uh-huh. um, that would have just completely changed the game and been the most baller walkout of all time. <laughs> uh, but you know that you're in for a show when, when, uh, Floyd Mayweather walks out. Um, so I was, I was getting, I was getting the, the butterflies, mm. uh, as they say, waiting for money may to make his way to the ring. Now, I will think that it is very progressive for Floyd Mayweather to bring a lesbian out to walk him and escort him to oh, the ring. Uh, Kevin, don't you think that's a true sign I, of somebody who's turned a corner? I think that's good for his image. And frankly, I yes. think it's nice that he's standing up for feminism finally. Yes. It was a long time and I have to say, feminism. the gray suit that this lesbian was wearing was oh. immaculate. Love a good lesbian in a gray suit. Yep, yep. Can't can't beat a lesbian in a gray suit because that's all Twitter said about Justin Bieber. So uh, I think that was interesting. Uh, so now Wait, that was here, I thought it was Ellen. Oh, I wish it was Ellen. Ellen would have been so much of a better choice. Just dancing out like, hey, this guy hasn't beaten women. I'm Ellen. Whoa, let's get down. So. Okay, so now we get to this part. Uh, who won walkout? Wait, wait, wait. We're skipping a part here. Oh, 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 yes, yes, I'm sorry. We, we have to go back to the bookmark <laughs> we left for Kevin because he's so confused. Yes, what is the part that we're skipping over, Eric? We're skipping the, the relevant national – I'm sorry, the, the relevant uh, national anthems um of the, the united states How dare you. and <laughs> look at a census and then tell me what a relevant national anthem is sound like <laughs> this is still my country rap <laughs> okay. uh, yeah go ahead no so we had we had the the respective we had the respective uh national anthems for the philippines which was a lovely like choir i believe beautiful um we had, you know, uh, multiple people singing it. And then we had the national anthem for the United States of America. Ooh, who sang and it? Who, who, who was behind it? I hope they got, like, one of the best singers we have in this country to represent such a huge pay-per-view spectacle. Well, I would think they would have no trouble because this is a thing everyone's coming to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you're, you know, when this is the biggest fight of the century, it's in America. It's in the United States. So obviously you have to get one of our national singing treasures. Um, yeah. And now I heard that Mariah Carey was busy, so they got the second best singer they could think of. Okay. Um, and that was one Jamie Fox. Oh, okay. He is kind of sung. Uh, First of all, him. he won an Academy Award for being a singer. Well, he never sang in that though. Okay, but you know, in terms of just acting like it, 
Oh, yes, yes. If he had just, uh, if he had just acted like it, we would have all been better off. Very much so. But, uh, uh, Kevin, uh, this is one of the areas that I forced Kevin to watch. <laughs> and, Kevin, um, what was your interpretation of the man who used to play Wanda on In Living Color doing the national anthem? My interpretation is it looked like someone that just couldn't decide what falsetto to take the next verse to. So it's kind of like uh, someone that took Molly mixed with the end of an allergy commercial where they're running through a field. So they're doing that and then they just keep falling. That's what it felt like. (laughs) So he didn't pick a key to stick with, right? No, I mean, he couldn't. He was too busy going up and the things. Can you see by the dawn's early The cut I I watched, I thought he had, like, completely gone the other direction and might have been having a stroke because they, like, cut it up and chopped it to where certain parts were on repeat. Uh, Eric, as you're seeing it live, are you starting to feel like it's going to foreshadow what's coming with the fight? It was definitely an interesting way to uh, to start off the uh, the ceremony because this is you know the the singing of this officially kind of kicks it off. You know that next is the walkout. Um, so when you get the guy who sang "Blame It on the Goose" uh, to be singing the the national anthem, it it caught me a little bit off guard. I thought that was more of a somebody Mayweather would come out with than somebody who's officially chosen for the uh, national anthem. But I am not about to uh, hate on Jamie Foxx, who essentially raised me as a child with the Jamie Foxx show. <laughs> Him, Stephen Urkel, whatever that guy, Jaleel White, Jaleel yes. White, and uh, Will Smith, and and. The, the characters of my childhood. I will never. I will never say a bad word. I'm about gonna. I'm gonna pause you here because uh, a the big finish is coming up, and I really want to give you the inflection that Jamie was using <laughs> for the big finish. But before I do, uh, I'm in awe that before any of this took place, you know, sometimes uh, when people are singing, they have the earpiece in that helps them to stay on key, but. Real singers, real singers, get that feeling that they don't need that earpiece. They can just feel it. Jamie Foxx definitely took out his earpiece. And that was my first clue. Uh-oh. This may go awry very quickly. And I see that. So oh, he, it's amazing. he said, yeah. no, don't need it. Oh, before I'm he even started singing, arena. before they even finished saying, ladies and gentlemen, Wanda from In Living Color, Jamie Foxx singing our national anthem, he took it out and was just like, nah, I gotta feel this. And I can always tell where somebody's at on the national anthem when you can tell how many times they've closed their eyes as they're singing it. That's how much you know they're in it. Uh, I think my favorite moment of the entire uh, national anthem that Jamie Foxx is singing, and again, wonderful national anthem, not so much when Jamie Foxx is singing it, okay, is the nine key changes he attempts towards the very end. And it may or may not have sound did like this. He was trying to take us to church, but it sounded like it was like <coughs> the most ghetto church you've ever been to. Okay, you ready for it? Get it. Okay, here we go. Gold banner, yeah, for the land of the free. 
that's that's where he ended. So, and uh, the last part is and the home of the bread. And that was. Have we heard from him? Has he said anything about why it sucked? Uh, I will research that, but I'm going to let Eric go on because anybody who's continued listening to all of that. Congratulations to you. I'm very sorry that we had to recap it in its full entirety, but I felt it was the only way we could do that segment justice. Garrett, go on. Now, if you had to blame it on something, if you had to blame this <laughs> terrible singing oh, on yeah. something, I would to think what, what you would blame it on. <laughs> um, uh, maybe narcotics? Hold on. Narcotics, no, maybe? Is that probably what you Probably not. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, hallucinogens. Really Blame it on the hallucinogens. Hallucinogens. Sure. No, I don't think that's it. It's almost like it's. Nah, I don't. I don't know. I can't think of one. But wait, I will wait, say that I'm sure it'll come to us later. <laughs> I, Kev, I think I have it. Do you have it? Uh, pretty slow, Raph. Grew up in Kansas. Oh well. I. I mean. I think the problem is the cause, and the cause is the problem here. But uh, if I were to take a guess, Eric, and tell me if I'm wrong or right, I, I just don't know. Uh, would it be that he he needed to blame it on the uh, 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 alcohol? Was that the thing? Was that, uh, that was that might have been it. You know what? That, that sounds right. Oh. That sounds right. Maybe he's gonna blame it on the goons. That's you get the, the remix, Kevin. Got, <laughs> yeah. Not even the right version of the song, you fool. You got the remix version with 50 Cent. One sound you to get through on this. God damn it. Okay. Uh, but I'll say this. His, his in-ring attire looked fantastic. How much the, was the his in-ring attire was incredible. worth? Because this is a thing <laughs> worth noting. Uh, he looked great. He was also wearing one chain that night. Yes, uh, correct. So that's important to note uh, in music. But uh, he finished it, and then I started looking over at what Mayweather was wearing. And how much was Mayweather's apparel worth? I mean, Money Mayweather doesn't just walk to the ring, you know, and uh, not flossing. He has to floss on the way to the ring. The guy's worth <laughs> X billions of dollars. Um, so what's the point of having the money if in the biggest moment of your life you can't walk to the ring with hundreds of millions of dollars on you? In yeah. fact, I think he walks around with a with a backpack full of two million dollars in cash at all times. So you should. You should if he always. came with any if he if he came with any less than two million dollars of ring attire, he's almost slipping. It's all yes. it's almost like a, you know, I don't take this seriously. <laughs> Um, so I think the bar was set at over two million. <laughs> Did you see the meme of somebody uh, going to ten to Mayweather with a do- like a hundred dollar bill? Like he's in the corner and they're like, you know, normally they put Vaseline and they try and tend to the fighter, but they just put a hundred dollar bill next to him and his head to try and seep up any of the cuts. And I thought that was hilarious. So, uh, uh, I mean, how does the fight start? Talk me through this as we get started because okay. we're in there, and okay. I would describe what Mayweather was wearing as what they were looking for in the movie Fool's Gold, but never yes. found, starring Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson. The fourth but reference in podcast. Fool's Gold on this podcast for those keeping track. Of <laughs> I don't. I didn't understand how that's we would ever keep track of that, but we. People said it couldn't be done. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, uh, what the you... fight start like? Like, we'll, is, are there we'll a fuck here, ton yeah. of people? Like, are they announcing it for twenty minutes? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, how yeah. long does it take to get this fight kicked yeah, off? Because, because mind you, there were other things that happened on the walkouts. Like, Justin Bieber wasn't the only celebrity who walked out. As we alluded to earlier, the Burger King also why came out. Why the fuck was Justin? Why was Justin Bieber walking out? Because like, I'm he's sorry, part that, of the posse. That part was he's part of who's <laughs> posse? Mayweather's posse. So this led me to say this one note to everybody in okay. the my viewing well, party. Well, that's the I type said, of role model he needed. Absolutely. Him. It's going to pull him right out oh. of that, that downtrodden <laughs> part of his life. Uh, I was saying this, and Eric, back me up on this. When you are uh, a boxer and you have an entourage, are you at least allowed one person ironically – is that part of the rules? I just don't know that as much. Do you? Are know? you trying to imply that Bieber is this ironic selection? Because I'll have you know that he trains boxing pretty, he pretty heavily. He does. That's yeah. right. I, silly of me to remember and forget that. Uh, so then uh, on the other side, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that uh, you had a, with uh, Manny walking out, uh, you also had um, a member of Run DMC, but the white guy. Who was that guy? There was a white guy in Run DMC? Yeah, no, maybe not. Maybe that was just Jimmy Kimmel dressed maybe, up like yeah, a member. Yeah, maybe it was just Jimmy Kimmel dressed like uh, Justin Bieber from last year. Um, <laughs> but he could have passed for, for somebody in Run DMC. I'll, I'll give you that. Okay, I just um, wanted to make sure. <laughs> if, if, if they had let white people in, uh, <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel would have been their first option for Number sure. One I mean, draft I, pick I, for DMC's when they're doing the racial draft, they're going, <laughs> you know what, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel's the guy that we need to take us to the next Absolutely. level. Um, and in, in Pacquiao fashion, as he did in uh, at the weigh-ins, he stopped to take a selfie uh, on his way to the yes. ring. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about this, but I'm sure Samsung loved it, and uh, good for him for getting that cheddar. Could somebody else have held the camera other than Freddie Roach? Yikes. Okay. All right. That joke's Yikes. Down. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a terrible <laughs> joke. I'm very sorry for it. But it was just a comment that was made at our viewing party, and it, it hit. It hit bad. So, all right. Let's get to the actual fight now. And, Kevin, uh, what do you think happened within the first round? Genuinely, I was unable to get any vibe of momentum. Like, everyone seemed to just be shitting wholeheartedly on the entirety of the event. So I would imagine it started started pretty slow. Go ahead. Uh, Have you ever seen a Floyd Mayweather fight? Yes, I have. Um, And what, what would you say characterizes a Floyd Mayweather fight? I would say early on his career, it was a lot of heavy aggression. And in the last few years, it's just been a lot of calculated, like comes in, exchanges, backs out. Fair enough. Um, I would, I would describe it thusly. Every Floyd Mayweather fight in the last maybe five years has been relatively the same. Um, And it started you know, in typical Floyd Mayweather fashion. Um, would you would you agree with that, Raph? I would, and I would even go as far as to say that there wasn't a major discrepancy from what we were describing the week before with what we thought was going to happen, which what 
was actually taking place. At the very beginning of the fight, you had Manny Pacquiao trying to push the action. So you had him pressing forward, and uh, you had uh, Mayweather looking very, very comfortable and, and counter-punching. So there was a lot of the shoulder roll that we had talked about. That It's great. It's a really effective tool in his bag. But, you know, people were on their feet at the very beginning of this fight because the anticipation, they can't get more excited. So I've got to stand up and watch these guys hit each other. So there was something historic about that. But then once that quelled over, and I think once we got out of the first round, it just became, oh, well, we have a boxing match. And these guys are doing exactly what they normally do. So... It's not a, a knock on them. They're both, I guess, we, in some ways, we were paying them to do what we wanted them to do. Uh, so first round goes like that. Does anything change in the second round for you, Eric? Uh, it still felt about the same, you know. Actually, no. I'd say the first round was very, very close. Um, Mayor there was feeling him out, but very defensive. He was in a shell, you know, shoulder rolling. Uh, Pacquiao looked aggressive, but not as aggressive as, um, we've seen him not not peak aggression, but still, you know, relatively aggressive. He was the, he was clearly the one pushing the action, and I mean, you could say that uh, for most of the fight. Round two was a little more Floyd Mayweather making Manny miss and uh, being able to counter. So I'd say even like Floyd usually takes a little bit of time to kind of figure guys' timings out and and then start to defensively pick them apart. In uh, in round two, I feel like he already had it figured out for this one. And he, he kind of pulled away a little more uh, in round two. And that continued into round three as well. That's a very, very, very good note. Um, I would note that my brain started doing a different thing where it wanted to see things happen more. So in round two, I almost wanted to give uh, Manny more credit because it looked like he was the aggressor. Um, but as you were starting to watch it a little bit more, you'd realize not all of those hits were, were landing. Yeah, he was pushing. Correct. But, you know, if you just took a step back and you started realizing, you go, I don't know. I don't think those are landing. That's that's really unfortunate. Uh, so as we get to the third round, I think it's more of the same. But is it the third or the fourth round for you that you see the best round from Manny Pacquiao? Because it's right around <clears throat> here that I think we start to get the flourish of Manny instilling the game that we all want to see him try to play. It was, it was the fourth round. He, he clipped them pretty good. Um, had Mayweather stumbling, and then it kind of fell into what we saw throughout the rest of the night with less effectiveness where Manny was kind of loading up on Floyd in the corner, um, trying to break through Floyd's you know legendary, super tight defense. Um, but yeah, Manny landed clean in the fourth round. It might have been you know the last time we saw him hit like that. Um, I'm thinking it was Shane Mosley uh, who, who hit... Uh, Floyd pretty good. Um, and and it, that reinvigorated, I think, the excitement of not only the people in the crowd, but the people watching that felt, oh, maybe Manny does have the pot to kind of put him away. So round four was where this started to change. It started to change back to a more even match, in my opinion, as far as the perception of Floyd looked uh, human in, in a round for, for the first time in quite a while. So as we get to this point now, and we see that uh, Pacquiao's got a great round in him, do you feel that at this point that there could be a potential tide turn, or are you still just waiting for like 
a horror movie moment for the believed bad guy to just get his rhythm back moments later and still end up uh, the aggressor or the person with the advantage in the fight. As somebody who had money on Mayweather, um, I was hoping that it was Floyd just having to, to gather himself and kind of do more of the same, which, you know, we'll talk about later whether that happened or not. Um, but I was worried. It did feel like maybe Pacquiao um, is going to be the guy who has the power, who has the aggression uh, to make him fight, to make Floyd Mayweather fight. He's, he backed him into a corner um, almost in every round, uh, and it was whether he was going to be able to capitalize on that or not. Now, I'll say this. I mean, Pacquiao wasn't, wasn't landing with the same number of combinations he usually throws. He's usually much more aggressive in terms of throwing punches and bunches. It seemed like he was content um, to throw one or two shots and then kind of back off. Uh, but th- that's mostly probably due to the defense of, of Floyd Mayweather, who is you know one of the most incredible defensive boxers we've ever seen. Um, but I'll say I did, I did feel like maybe Pacquiao was was going to be able to, if not turn the tide, at least stay on a level playing field in round four. Okay, okay, uh, that's a fair assessment. I think the hard part for me was, and uh, this is a question that I think happened at a lot of viewing parties because. Uh, you, myself, Kevin, we live in the world of fights consistently. And one of the things I knew from people who weren't as familiar with, say, with watching fights as often is just there was this expression of why isn't he just finishing him when he's got him against the ropes? More specifically, when he had him against the corner. Uh, I ask you this, Eric. Uh, I mean, it's not that easy, especially in boxing when a guy when a guy is properly covering up, it's those shots. Many of those shots are not getting through. Now, certainly there's guys who are very good at breaking um, defenses with, with pitter pat kind of punches that cause a guy to shift or move in a different direction. And then they can land a hook or an uppercut up the middle. Um, But Floyd Mayweather's defense is as tight as possible. Um, So for somebody to just be like, why is he not finishing him? Well, he's not finishing him because he's one of the best, uh, defensive boxers we've ever seen and somebody who's too smart to leave himself exposed. Um, it's not that easy is the answer. And especially against a guy uh, as talented as Floyd Mayweather. Now you bring up a good point in that, you know, when Manny uh, was pressing Mayweather uh, kind of up against the corner, I think this is the biggest criticism and especially will go on throughout the, the rest of the rounds. But the biggest criticism seemed to be that whenever Mayweather was in trouble, in order to break up the kind of onslaught that Manny was starting to press forward with, he'd clinch and they'd have to reset. And I think that is something for people who watch fights or just the layman's to really not be okay with. I think that's where most people feel that uh, Mayweather's style is not exactly audience-friendly, one might call. I thought he was dropping for a headlock or a guillotine. Um, <laughs> and uh, the people uh, I was with thought the same thing. I thought I thought he was trying to submit him, um, and, and it would have been a hell of a submission. I don't think Manny Pacquiao has ever been submitted before. I think that you are very perceptive for, for bringing that up. And, Kev, this is the part where I wanted – to be I did see a lot of like, this. Is the one part I'm super jealous. I wasn't watching it for. Yeah, potential guillotine. Are you kidding? 
<laughs> I I have to say, I am kind of in awe. I mean, Manny was setting up the. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mayweather was setting up a, a guillotine quite well, uh, to the point where I, people at my viewing party, I was having to recuse myself and kind of excuse myself from saying consistently, "Oh man, if Manny just shoots in for a double, he's got this." <laughs> <laughs> he could take him down right here, guys. He could submit this in no time. I wonder. That's I wonder what... how good Manny's double is. Uh, that's a great now, question. Well, he would get disqualified, but would it be worth it if he submitted him? I don't know if he'd get disqualified. I feel like we saw a double in the uh, Stavern, um Who was it? Wilder? Yeah, the Stavern wilder match. Uh, I feel like uh, the, somebody shot for a double in that one um, and didn't get DQ'd. Uh, pretty recently, maybe, what was that, two months ago? Um, so I think we're kind of seeing the crossover. I think, you know, maybe some of these boxers are thinking about their, uh, thinking about their wrestling, thinking about their jiu-jitsu and how to apply it in the clinch. <laughs> it's important things to know, especially when you're in the middle of a fight that only has... 29 subsections of rules and regulations to accompany it. <laughs> because there was definitely, the, like, at the very beginning of the fight, they go over the rules. They're like, this isn't happening. This might happen. This can't happen. This might. Uh, and also, uh, just know that there's tons of other things that we're not going to talk about. But one of which is if uh, Pacquiao wins, there's an immediate rematch. If Mayweather wins, eh, it was good. It's fine. No big deal. <laughs> It was just another fight. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> at what point did you start to feel like it was going to stay pretty one note? I'd say for me, you know, Raph, you, you're, you'll probably have, a, you know, a different response or maybe the same response, but mine was maybe around round six. Um, after Floyd seemed like he was recovered in round five uh, and then the start of round six, I see, it seemed to me like, uh, he was kind of back finding his groove like he had in rounds two and three. Uh, and I wasn't really too worried about uh, where he was on the scorecards. It seemed like he was going to be able to walk away with it. For me, I, it's hard. Okay. I'll put this out there. I was watching with some folks who were, what's a nice way of putting this? Uh, Pacquiao fans. <laughs> uh, yeah. What's, and, the, what's the not nice way of putting that? I was going to say. Um, you know, I mean, Pacquiao fans are very, very passionate individuals. <clears throat> so if they take it very, very seriously. You know, in, in the Philippines, there is definitely a, a feeling of it's almost a national holiday. So you're not just dealing with fans or boxing fans or even fans of uh, Manny Pacquiao. You're, you're dealing with... A movement, essentially, at this point. So I can understand it. I can sympathize with it because honestly, I wanted uh, Pacquiao to win in my heart. However, my money would never go against Mayweather, so it's it's difficult to be in that situation. Anyway, so I'm watching with people who are very, very <laughs> on the side of Manny Pacquiao, and all of them are getting angry that Mayweather is just running away. And this is a good time to discuss this because. To the untrained eye, it would look like he's running away. However, there's a technique. It's very, very stylistically interesting. Uh, it, it is hard to quantify, and he is amazing at it. But 
all of these people are realizing very slowly but surely that the fight may be escaping from Manny Pacquiao's hands. And that's a hard that's a hard thing to watch. So for me, I was just kind of sitting there and I go, this fucking sucks. Like, this is the fight of the century and these people aren't going to get what they want. And I'm not even getting what I want. I think it's a so-so fight. It's not great. It's not terrible, but it's not exactly what we've been waiting for so long to have. So at this point, I don't know. For me, I just realized, I think maybe around uh, round six, I said, I think Mayweather's going to walk away with it. Now, I've, I've seen a lot of this on Twitter and just in general, but was anybody expecting differently? I certainly was not. I mean, we've seen Floyd Mayweather. This was, this was a perfect, to-the-letter to Floyd Mayweather fight. Um, he's going to be super tight defensively. He's going to circle. Uh, he's going to land his jab. Uh, and you're not going to hit him. And Pacquiao, I think, only landed 81 punches. Um, this could not have gone more to the book of Floyd Mayweather than, you know, if they had scripted it. Um, well, actually, no. If they had scripted it, they would have scripted a draw uh, so they can make a lot more money on the second Absolutely. one. But uh, <laughs> from the Floyd Mayweather handbook, it was, it was to the letter. Um, and I had no... I had no uh, issue with it because I, I kind of knew what to expect with Floyd Mayweather. Now, I, I think Pacquiao could have been a little more aggressive, but at the same time, it's not easy to get in there with Mayweather and look good regardless of so how is, aggressive you are. In fact, you're, you're opening yourself up to get knocked out. Correct. So as this is the podcast of the century, which is a tough thing to live up to, I think we agree. <laughs> yes. Uh, did this fight maintain its fight of the century status? No. <laughs> and that's pretty easy to to quantify. I mean, this was a fight that was designed to not live up to expectations. So I'll give it that Absolutely. to start with. There was no way it was going to meet the same expectation, the wants, uh, the styles. And there are some things that complicate that. And I'm glad that you, you brought up the fact that if you take those onslaughts and those furies from uh, Pacquiao, those are when you get sloppy. And unfortunately, that might have been the more aggressive way to play it but it leaves yourself so open to a guy who's so good at defense. And I think this is where people get mad at uh, Mayweather, which is that he's so good defensively that you make fun of him as being illiterate, but it's a very smart strategy. And it's hard to have those two things go where you're like, that guy's an idiot, but he happens to box with an IQ that's pretty high. So that's, that's a hard thing to really... Uh, wrap your head around. I will ask you this, Eric, and I want to get your your honest opinion of it. Sure. We talk a lot about scoring consistently in MMA. Mm. If we were scoring this fight under MMA rules, would there be a difference in the way maybe the judges would be looking out for? Would there be more of a consideration for Manny pressing the action is a phrase that we hear all the time. Now, I've heard recently... Um... Uh, one of my colleagues at MMA Fighting, Mark Raymondi, did uh, shadow. He shadowed, uh, you know, the judge um, and took and was, you know, schooled in the art of judging MMA. Um, and apparently, aggression doesn't really come into play unless all things are equal. Um, now, I don't think that actual MMA judges know this. I don't think they've gotten the memo or been informed about this. Oh, but aggression yeah. is supposed to be a secondary measure 
um, after all other things being equal. But let's just go by what actually is judged in MMA and how, you know, the incompetent judges of MMA, you know, actually uh, implement the system rather than what the letter of the law is supposed to be. Um, and I think that the fight would be uh, on, a, on an MMA judge's scorecard because Pacquiao was coming forward, because it's very difficult um, to see what's actually landing. Now, at a certain point, it became very clear that Floyd Mayweather wasn't getting hit by many clean shots. But early on, when Pacquiao still had a lot of pop and still had a lot of speed, um, you could have some confusion there on whether Pacquiao was doing damage when he was landing those flurries or, you know, when Floyd was covering up in the corner, how much was actually landing or getting through. Um, to a trained boxing judge, uh, I think it's, it's been scored um, more regularly. Now, I won't claim that we haven't seen funky scorecards in boxing, but most of the time I would probably... Uh, I would probably say that there's a little bit of money under the table going that direction uh, no, rather not. than just incompetence. You take that back. You take that back. Rather than just the incompetence we see in MMA, I think that, you know, somebody might be on the uh, on the books there. Um, but it, it's a much it's a much more easy uh, to score sport in the sense that punch counts matter, uh, yes. shots landed matter. Whereas in MMA, those kind of statistics don't really matter. You can control somebody grappling. You can control somebody in the clinch uh, without landing as many shots. But in boxing, punching and landing effectively, throwing the punches, uh, how much volume you get out, and, how, and landing the punches is, uh, is a reasonable metric to use to see who's controlling the fight. And uh, Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather did an excellent job of doing that, and I think uh, the judges were pretty spot on with it. Uh, okay, but if okay, it was MMA, okay. it would have been a little harder. I hear what you're saying, and another difference that people do talk about between MMA and, I guess, uh, boxing in some ways, is there something also to be uh, said about the impact? Because a lot of what they will say in MMA is that it's not just the amount or the frequency of the strikes, but it's also considered what's the impact of the strike. And I don't know that that's something that's... You know, people were asking me yesterday about boxing, and I was just kind of like, not really. Boxing's pretty much like, what's the stats? And it, it just seems a little more clear-cut and just they like those numbers. Uh, but yeah. does that play any role in boxing, in, in your opinion? Uh, the the punch counts? No, I'm saying the impact of it. Oh, because okay. that seems so to be that, a huge that... thing. You know, I mean, I would not go as far as to say that boxing needs to be updated with pride rules, but uh, <laughs> pride hey, rules everything be should be updated with favorite. pride rules. You're, ta- you're talking about somebody who might just throw out the jab and use that as a controlling punch, but it's not really looking to finish uh, right. somebody. Um, I would say that, no, it's not really necessary. Boxing is more of an art in the sense that it has that pageantry and it just it looks different. Um, it looks different when you're watching these guys. And I don't, I don't necessarily think one way is better than the, than the other. I'm, I'm a big fan of the, the way Floyd Mayweather fights. The, the ability to completely shut down uh, the other best fighters of his generation uh, is a skill. And, you know, using his jab, whether he has knockout power or not, um, and, you know, most would be able to, at this point, say that Floyd Mayweather is not, uh, you know, a knockout artist. Um, being able to to use his punches effectively to shut down the the opponent uh, is a skill in and of itself, and I don't mean to see a knockout. Whereas uh, in mixed martial arts, you know the, the guys have smaller gloves, and anybody really has the power 
uh, to knock the other guy out. So I'd like to see them chase it a little more. But I think that in boxing, I'm okay uh, with kind of point fighting. I'm okay with controlling the ring and, and earning your, your win that way. And I'm curious as a outside because so they make the call. Um, it does sound like the fight obviously was sort of like the more boring version of what we thought it could be. Do you think Mayweather will come back for the 50 to hit the 50 and 0 record? Or do you think he has, he means it when he says he's stepping away? I, I think he's got to come back for 50. Um, I can't see him leaving at 49, uh, especially when he doesn't seem to be that diminished. Now I'll say this when I heard that he was giving up the titles, that made me reconsider that maybe he really is serious about going out at 49 and 0. Um, but we've seen in all kinds of sports and especially in combat sports, guys that go away and then they get that offer for that one last fight. And then they come back. I would not be surprised to see Floyd Mayweather back after he inevitably goes 49 and 0, uh, because I'm predicting that one now. And, uh, I don't think I'm going out on too much of a limb. Okay. And we're hearing post fight buzz that Manny Pacquiao's shoulder is, I haven't heard any real definitive diagnosis but that his shoulder injured any impact on the fight i'm i mean it has to have an impact on the fight i mean i think we can believe when you know pacquiao says that he was hurt and tried to get the injection in fact the you know athletic commission um confirmed that they denied the injection uh because he stated on his on his application that he was fine and he didn't have a shoulder injury uh so they had to deny that um it had to impact the fight, but I don't think it would have changed much. It's one, it's one of those uh, injuries where certainly you would have liked to see both guys 100% healthy, but I don't think we see much of a difference. Uh, Floyd Mayweather did what Floyd Mayweather does and uh, completely shut down Manny's offense. Um, yeah, so if we wanted to see them healthy, that would have probably been six years ago when they were six years younger. That's well, that was going to be my next comment, but I also wanted to talk about this, is that in the post-presser, uh, you had Mayweather say, yeah, I had injuries too. We all have injuries. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, there, there's your definitive statement on that. But I think one thing that's really interesting to me, Eric, and I don't know if it's interesting to you, but why would they allow him to get injections all the way up into the fight, though? And then yeah, because I mean, he marked some weird part, like, is this a tax form? Is this like <laughs> you didn't some, declare it on customs that you yeah, had some weird customs bullshit that TSA pulled him over inside and was like, oh, this isn't the fight of the century. No big deal. You don't need those. Not like we want to see it. And is there any truth to the fact that they were trying to at some point when they realized the shoulder injury was kind of there, that they were also looking to maybe postpone the fight? Is that something you heard or anything to that effect? I mean, I don't I don't cover the uh, the boxing scene. Uh, closely enough to to have heard that. I didn't hear that. Um, But I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at the same time, there's too much money on the line for either of of these guys to pull out or or delay it. Now, I think they would have, you know, also pulled in a great gate um, if they delayed it. Uh, But it it felt like this, this was rushed and it had to be done at this time. And now we can kind of move on from it. I don't think there is any way either guy was pulling out from this fight. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how I feel about giving an injured guy an injection right before the fight. Uh, that doesn't seem like uh, the best way to do business, but I, I guess that's how it works. 
let's I want some help from you two. After market value, how do you feel like they should have priced the fight to get me to watch? Now that you've seen the product, price the fight. That's, I mean, okay, so you now there's there's two questions here. You you want me to price it having seen it, how much do I think it's worth? Or do you want yeah. me to price it going in, um, how much do I think I could sell it for? No, no, Without no. knowing how the outcome. No, I want you to play <laughs> boxing fantasy. I, if we're manager. playing prices right, I could. I think <laughs> we could have charged one hundred fifty dollars and still gotten people the same number of buys. Ugh. Really, you think I they could have gone fifty dollars north and not had an impact or a dip? Probably, I guess. I, with the number of people that were ordering this thing, I don't think there's a wrong answer. I think they could have gone <laughs> very, very high. Uh, but how much do I think the fight was worth? Uh, for me, a boxing fight, when I'm paying for it, I'm paying for the main event, but I'm paying more for the, the experience, the company. Um, I'm kind of, I'm not somebody who's going to sit at home and just watch a, a boxing fight and, and pay for it that way. I'm kind of more of the, let's go out to a bar or let's order in, but we have a bunch of people. It's a party. Um, and I feel like I always get my money's worth, you know, even if the fight's not great, I, I had a good time with it and there's, there's worse ways to spend my money. So a hundred dollars for this seemed fine to me. Um, is, no, because, I'm shutting this down, Kevin. No, no, I'm not allowing. How dare you? Air. I w- says, how dare you? First says of all, 100. company man. He says, Hey, why not go $50? Yeah, I know. Breath. That's what he says. Like this, this sounds like some <laughs> crazy, boxing influenced PSA that I did not approve on this podcast because let me tell you something if we're really talking about what this fight was worth given what these two fighters put out you know how much I would have paid how much I'm sure you're going to tell us yeah I think it's a good price Twenty nine ninety nine. because here's the thing if you want to talk about Floyd Mayweather and his style that's fine he can have that I think the biggest thing in Floyd Mayweather's bag is the fact that he will have a wonderful record i do not know what his legacy is going to be i think his record will be his legacy but if we're talking about fight styles and how much that if i in retrospect get to pay for watching somebody go on the defensive i think that should decompress market value so if we're talking about how much i'm willing to pay after seeing that fight i think 29.99 is it because i'll tell you one thing that i felt great about as both a MMA and a jiu-jitsu fan, and especially a jiu-jitsu fan, and I saw people put this up. I saw people put up this that said, don't ever tell me that jiu-jitsu is boring again. And you know what? There's truth to that. Because I watched a man win a fight by running away, and yes, you can call it that, but yes, there is technique to it. But if Floyd Mayweather had made the concerted effort to press forward just a little bit, and make that adjustment to trying to act like a champion, and maybe it's a little bit out of his game, I think he would have so much more respect from individuals who watch these sorts of fights. So I think that's where my biggest issue is on the whole concept of it. Now, granted, I'm also going to give you shit, and I'll give you time to respond, but I'm going to give you shit for the fact that you just said you would pay $100 for the company that you keep. Do you have friends? Do you know that you don't have to pay to have friends? Or do you? I'm so sorry. I don't know your situation, but it sounds almost like it's a fraternity is that you just joined. 
Okay, let me knock on fraternities. No, that was designed for Eric. Seems nice, but go ahead. Now, Eric, you can respond. Let me uh, let me address let me address this point by point. First of all, so Raph, are you saying that you wouldn't pay? So essentially, you wouldn't pay more than thirty dollars for any Floyd Mayweather fight because that's essentially what you're going to get every time. So you wouldn't pay more than thirty for to see Floyd Mayweather again. Yes. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Now, addressing the idea of uh, man, it sounded hokey when I said it, and I was hoping you wouldn't call me out on it. Um, but addressing the thing about the friend, I'd say it's more that everybody was so interested in this that you can gather a lot of people to kind of make it an event. Now, I, in my in my uh, personal life, I don't have many people who are uh, MMA and jujitsu fans, and I can gather you know people to watch a, a UFC every so often. But the the amount of people you can gather for for this fight uh, really, you know, transcended combat sports. It, it almost felt like a bigger event than that. It felt like a Super Bowl where you I could get people together. You could get people together who, uh, you know, typically wouldn't be in the room watching two guys punch each other in the face. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there, there was, there was an element of that to it. Now, would I pay a hundred dollars just to watch this? If I'm sitting, if I'm sitting on a chair, strapped to the chair, nobody's around, can't eat, can't drink. All I get is that Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao fight. I wouldn't pay a dollar. I wouldn't pay a dollar. Wow. Um, okay. But so let me get this straight. For the actual, I'm thoroughly fight, confused about what I'm zero dollars for it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Actual fight, zero dollars by yourself. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, in a fight where the winner is friendship. A uh, hundred dollars of my hard-earned cash. Is that what we're taking away from that? Well, I mean, there's two things here. One, you know, I value my friends. Actually, I don't have friends. I have family. Oh, God, no. The second thing I'd say is a uh, oh, hundred dollars. I, I mean, I, I wipe my... I and now I don't have friends. I got a family. Thank you, Vin It's been a long Vin, is that you? Vin is my friend. <laughs> oh, my God. Tell did you, you see Vin Diesel sing that song? If you haven't oh, yeah, I did. seen a clip I of saw, him singing, I heard amazing. him and Jamie Foxx were going to do a duet for the next one. That's just what I heard. It's been uh, what was I saying? I was saying a uh, hundred dollars. I wipe my ass with a hundred dollars. I wipe the sweat off my brow with a hundred dollars. So it doesn't really bother me. It's not really hitting me in the pockets. Uh, oh if God. you get what I mean. Wow. <laughs> I yeah, think I get in the it. Pockets because uh, yeah, uh, I think you you said it so so eloquently. Uh, <laughs> not as if you've been listening to Mayweather uh, give promos or anything. Uh, I think that's a it's a great great assessment of it all. I will ask you this though: What do you think? happens now we're talking implications kevin i'll start with you what is there left is there any boxing match that you really are excited about i'm not saying that people won't get excited about boxing again i'm just saying yesterday was it seemed like a big party for a sport that yes people do get excited for but eric when's the next time you're going to see those people for a boxing event it's going to be a minute uh, nobody's going to, and especially if it's a Floyd Mayweather fight, no, I don't think anybody who this was their first exposure or, you know, second or third exposure to Floyd Mayweather is going to, uh, 
come out for another one of his fights. And, you know, that's fine. He still has his fans. He's still, he's still money Mayweather. Um, but I, well, he's only know, got speaking... one more fight. And in the post presser, he, you know, Kevin, to, to respond to your point, he really does want to go out on 49. Do I believe that? I'm not sure. I don't believe a lot of things people say, but they did ask him if he would be up for a rematch. And you know what his answer was? What? Man, can I just enjoy this win? I just, you know, my life's so hard. Like, can I enjoy it? I don't want to answer your questions, media. You're so bad at what you do. Guys, leave me alone for a few minutes. Guys, I'm standing right next to the Takate girls. Like, look can at I, them. Don't listen to, to me. To your point earlier, I do think the big winner here is MMA. Because I think what we're already seeing is like, there's just, it's not, boxing is starting to lose that edge. And I know the money's still there. I get that people still watch it. It's just, damn, man. Like, if that was supposed to be the best, that was supposed to be it. On a night where they sold, you know, millions of pay-per-views and the competitors made, you know, in in the triple digit hundreds of millions of dollars, I feel like the real winner was MMA, for sure. Um, for sure MMA came out on top when all these guys are getting paid bonkers amounts of money uh, to box. Am I detecting some facetiousness in your response there, Jackman? <laughs> you may be. You may be. Because uh, I don't think you are agreeing with me. I think you're doing that thing where you sound like you are. Okay, fair point. I get that the money's there. And so you think I'm a homer when I say I just think MMA was the winner? Look, I love MMA. I would rather watch MMA. I would rather watch the two worst MMA fighters in the world over the two best boxers in the world. Uh, but it's just, it's not a reality. Boxing is not dead. And uh, boxing, you know, MMA was not a big winner yesterday. Uh, not that boxing had, you know, it's, it's best showing. I'm sure there's been fights in the past that have felt this big. Um, but the, with the amount of money that they made and generated off this fight, it, it's hard to say. Uh, anybody uh, was a big winner other than the people involved. Okay. I accept though. I still also maintain it was a fascinating mixture. I don't know if you watched the uh, ESPN coverage leading up, but they pretty much whenever they would randomly talk to anyone in MMA turned to, it was always about Mary. It was always about Mayweather and Pacquiao in a bizarre way. Like, it was just a lot of fight mix. Like, they didn't want to get boxers. They wanted MMA people. So what say to you that? I'd say that it's great. That's great for the sport. That The fact that MMA stars are considered, you know, uh, relevant figures in kind of combat sports, whereas in the past they may not have been. Uh, I really, you know, like that. I like that. I think Kane Velasquez was, like, involved with some of the lead-up, not in terms of, you know, any of the promotion or anything like that. He wasn't uh, on anybody's side, but he was there and people were interested to speak to him uh, from both kind of the combat sports world. So um, I love that. And, and, you know, I hope MMA continues to grow, but I don't see it ever growing to this level. Uh, This is, this is something that's very special and I can't really see it happening uh, in MMA anytime soon. You know, I think that's just history, which is, I don't know. Uh, You know, one thing I did tweet out and I'll stand by this is, uh, Dana White, for all of his ups and downs, his crazy, the good people at the UFC, for all of their ups and downs, at least 
when they put on a fight, it is on at the time a fight is supposed to go on. So maybe, maybe MMA didn't just win outright, but I think in terms of production value and how you feel after a certain event, you don't get dicked around nearly as much by the UFC. And I think that that is part of the reason why they can put on so many events, and that's an argument into itself. But at least they can put it on because they say, all right, this fight is going down at this time. Yeah, let's go ahead and pad on over to our friends back in Los Angeles. But you know at least for the most part, by 8.45, you're going to get the main event. It's not like there's going to be another thing where they go, well, the main event, uh, yeah, these people, the cable companies are crashing right cable companies <laughs> 845 jesus christ that sounds incredible yeah i know really i'm sorry does. east coast guys it's 845 over here it's beautiful yeah uh, fuck living the life yeah i know living the life. <laughs> it's okay we we all have pluses and, and, and minuses. being dicks about it whatever <laughs> yeah. you guys whatever you guys at least get football at one so i don't want to hear anything from you guys you want the late start on the football. See, I would like the early morning football. That that sounds kind of appealing to me. That's great, but you don't have as many hangovers as most of us do. So <laughs> when that happens, a lot of us are kind of like, oh, is it 10? Fuck. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I feel that there are two sports, and I don't mind boxing being boxing. I don't know that there's a lot that interests me. Uh, I think that even when you see Floyd get into his next fight, um, I don't know that I'm really all that interested. I may want to hear about it like Kevin did and just kind of go, oh, did he win? Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess Rocky Marciano. Good for him. They tied. All right, whatevs. And is I- there somebody he could fight that you would get interested for? Because there is somebody he could fight that I would pop pretty hard for. Who? Uh, Triple G, Gennady Golovkin. Uh, that kid is incredible. And if he, if Mayweather took a fight with him... I'd be pretty damn excited about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You think he'd take that fight? I don't think he would take that as, yeah. as his yeah. retirement bout. But, you know what? If he... I mean, I think Floyd is, is very aware of his record and, and wants to go down uh, undefeated, but he could get a big payday off that fight. He could get a very big payday. Um, I don't see it happening, though. But I would pop. I, w- I would mark out for that. Uh, yeah, no, don't care. I mean, the people that they've mentioned... Don't care. Wow. Yeah, don't care. Uh, well, because this was the fight of the century, and these were two people who I was interested in watching fight. And I, I do think it would have been an interesting and a different way fight several years ago. But you can't live in that past, so you settle with what you got. And what we got was kind of boring. You know, wasn't that great. And uh, in terms of wanting to see him fight somebody next, I mean, I, do you think it's going to be any different? Do you think he's going to be like, all right, for this one, guys? No, I'm going to definitely not do that thing I do. <laughs> all offense. All offense. Awesome. That's what I'm doing now. Uh, that's, that's my new thing. and uh, That's my thing. I just, I don't know. I just feel that he's he's content with what he's doing. He'll get a big payday. People are still interested because people do like boxing. But uh, I don't know that I see a lot for him. And on the same side for Manny Pacquiao, I think he's still a draw. But there aren't many people that I'm super excited to watch him fight either. So, you know, good luck to the both of them. 
uh, I don't know that we'll be covering them, especially to this extent, on another edition of Verbal Tap at some point anytime soon. <laughs> Probably not just at any point yeah. in the near future. But hey, doors open. It's not on our bar. Like, yeah. obviously, you know. Give us welcome. something to talk about, and we'll talk about it. That's right. That's our that's our motto. We're not saying we no. Could, we're saying know, maybe. Maybe next time you can even get Kevin to watch it. I mean, that would be <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> I don't think you we know, need Kev, to get personal here, Kev, Jackman. Actually, what? speaking of making Rap. it personal, I think um, I think you should know what Eric was telling me off air. What was that? Uh, before you know, we we started doing this recording. I told him I was like, you know, in Kevin's defense, he was watching basketball. He's a huge basketball fan. And uh, Eric asked, uh, "Oh, just a fan, or does he play?" I said, "Um, you know, I'm not gonna sell Kevin out, but I'm saying if he does play, it's pretty shittily." But he wouldn't tell you that. He'd uh, he'd be open to playing basketball with you. I don't know. Oh, absolutely. Sounds, sounds to me like Eric thinks he could ball you up, man. That's good stuff. It's funny. Yeah. Is that am I reading too much of that, Eric? <laughs> Well, no, I mean, that's accurate, but Kevin, it didn't seem like you had a, a strong response to that. Just like, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I guess I just assumed it was one of your many witticisms. Eric, don't be adorable. Right? This isn't boxing analysis. Let's stay where we know. Let's stay in our lanes. This is hoops. Uh-oh. Not prepared for the, the type of step back game I've got. Oh, okay. Well, uh, you know. Now, I, wait. Are we gonna are we gonna address the fact that Raph said uh, he thinks you would play pretty shittily, or are we just gonna gloss no, over? No, that? that's just. I I don't even think anyone that listens to this podcast regularly would even notice. They would just presume that's his normal cadence. They probably didn't hear it. Uh, I think that most people would probably agree with me. I think some people <laughs> would give you the benefit of the doubt just based on height, but uh, then they'd remember they're like, but Kevin. White guy, basketball. It's a long journey, guys. I'm not sure I can take it. <laughs> He's not that. So, tall. Kevin, are we are we do are we do assume that you do have some game? Some oh yeah, I've got some game. Jump? Uh, do, you, do you ask if I can dunk? I cannot dunk. No. You're no, I can jump. You're tall but, I mean, to if you dunk. can't dunk. Uh, now I'll have you know I'm coming to California pretty soon. I'm coming yep. out for uh, for Glory on May eighth. You know maybe maybe you meet me in uh, Temecula and we and we throw down. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I'm gonna have to book some tickets because I live in just outside of Washington D.C. So Temecula is gonna be a little bit of a drive. <laughs> you know what? It would be a little bit of a drive for me too. Wait, <laughs> that I'll have where, to take uh, off on May sixth and hope I don't hit any traffic. <laughs> <laughs> but you two are both East Coasters, and Kev, I'll let you know, uh, unlike you, I'm actually very, very honest with my basketball abilities, and there is a reason why brown people play soccer instead of basketball. Yes, However, <laughs> I did strike up a deal uh, with Eric, and what's that deal, Eric? You tell me the deal. I, I thought I thought it was made very clear what the deal was. Would, would you not no, like you, say it? Or... You, you tell me the terms of this deal. I, I'm a little hazy. I'm a little hazy You're on what it was. Hazy? Jesus, this kid, this kid, so much analysis in his brain. You could ask him the betting lines for dozens of things on a certain other show. And you get him on here, he suddenly forgets what we had talked about. Yeah, okay. Uh, no, the terms and conditions I put was, I will play basketball with Eric and admittedly will get crushed. However, Eric has to roll jiu-jitsu with me. 
Ooh, and great. I feel that's a much better uh, thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm open to that. Now, is there any possibility I'm able to kind of like power out of some submissions and like? Do oh yeah, anything? definitely. You're is rolling there... with me, so there's a lot that could actually happen where you do well. Is there... There, nah, I, I don't see me myself doing well, but I feel like there might be a possibility for me to like somehow, some way, kind of escape at points. I don't. Well, that's I, for sure doing the right well attitude. is out of the question. Yeah, doing that's well the right is, that's is, actually uh, genuinely what I would coach someone. It's like uh, <laughs> it's self defense. It's not about winning. It's about being a shitty victim. Yes, that, I, I could. I I feel like I could be good at being a shitty victim. Um, I, you know, I don't know. It, it's hard to say, you know, uh, considering that, uh, my jump shot may be the equivalent of your hip escape. Uh, it's, it, it's a, it's a big quandary. And here's the difference. I've never taken basketball classes, but I believe you and tell me if I'm basketball wrong. Basketball classes. Yeah. Is funny Stay thing. with Sorry. me on this Kev though. Yeah, you I'm have focused. taken classes from who? In jiu-jitsu? Nah, nah, see, I've taken a class or two. D- more uh, than basketball classes I've taken. But, but for um, But, you know, maybe we've gone to the Henzo Gracie Academy. Um, oh, Henzo Gracie. Class, you know, a class or two has been taken. Uh, but I would, I, would not, uh, I would not start putting stripes on my white belt yet. That's fine. Uh, so we just I'm need saying. to get Raph two or three classes with Magic Johnson. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what I would say though is, uh, I'm kind of pumped to, at the thought of maybe like lifting you up rampage Arona style and just fucking slamming you onto the mat. But I feel like that's a vision in my head that is not really realistic. No, nah, it's not really um, realistic. In fact, if anything, I'm almost a Floyd Mayweather with this stuff. I'm a very, very cunning uh, defensive guy. So. I can tell he's boring because I know I'm boring as shit. So yeah, uh, have that in your mind. <laughs> and when you come at me for Manny Pacquiao force, uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe, Listen, maybe I'm going to be throwing, I'm going to be throwing all kinds of limbs into uh, triangles. It's going <laughs> to be, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> see, I'm already excited about it. I like, I will willingly just be terrible at basketball uh, just for the ability to be like, you know what, Eric, this is going to be great. You're going to learn jiu-jitsu one day, and, and you're you're going to love it. I feel you will. I I, uh, I really do want to. Um, so we'll uh, we'll see if we'll see if you schooling me maybe the uh, the kick in the ass that I need. We'll see. We'll call that the the fight of the century too. We'll call it the what is it? You can't call it the fight. The match of the century. Kev, is that a no. good thing? <laughs> I think we're going to – Yeah, match of the century. No, okay. 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 Why would I say no to that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the match of the and, and what national anthems are we having sung? And the Mexican who one, the Canadian, who are the Canadian one. Who are the singers? Okay, well, I'm going to have Jamie Foxx sing the Mexican national anthem now, just because I'm very curious as to what he can do. Uh, guys, simultaneously, I'm going to put Carlos Santana in for the Canadian <laughs> national anthem on an early bid because I, I think that's where Eric is from. Eric, are you American? Or are you Canadian? Am I Canadian? I just did like a faux um, get out of my country uh, thing earlier. And, and you're asking me if I'm Canadian? I was like, this is my country. Uh, I'm born and bred American. Born, born and raised in New York, uh, the mean streets. 
and uh, yeah, get get out of here. I'm a red blooded American. I would yeah, never okay. be from that from that uh, <laughs> that wimpy land that is known as America's hat. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that was that was really really um, that was authentic. I I think we could all agree to. Is that a yes? That was a definitely <laughs> <laughs> guys. I don't I don't mean to bust up this party right now, but I do want to interrupt just for a second to update you that. CBS has filed an injunction to take off the Jamie Foxx video of him <laughs> singing the national anthem. And I think, you know, that may be the most patriotic thing CBS has ever done. So my yeah, goes CBS. Them. CBS just earned my loyalty. Because guess what? That had like 877 upvotes and 930 downvotes for Jamie Foxx's interpretation of the national anthem. So... Oh man! Woo. Now is that is that accurate? Are you are you actually reporting that as news or is that a joke? It's news. What the fuck do you think we do here, Eric? We're not the uh, MMA hour. We just don't use grandeur and specter. We have a little thing called journalistic integrity here at Burl Tab, Eric. Uh, you may want to sure learn it. I know, I know Hilwani isn't huge on it, but uh, I guess. Eric. That is uh, that is incredible. They they really want to scrub the national anthem, and you know what? I'm not a fan of that. Well, of <laughs> course, I'm being with the, them. The, I think they're making <laughs> such a great call. Being the pure blooded American that you are, Eric, obviously you you have huge issues against it. Yes, it's free speech. Jamie Foxx should be free to sing without <laughs> auto tune. Oh he should not be forced. He should not be forced to sing uh, with auto-tune. Uh, I'm not a fan of this. I don't well, like this at all. Eric, speaking of not a fan, I'm not a fan of having to kick you off this show, but I believe we have reached the time in which our audience has either tuned out to listen or just doesn't give a shit about boxing anymore. But we cannot thank you enough for coming on in. Where can people catch you? Where can people find you? All of that good stuff. Tell us all Besides the things. Besides the MMA hour with uh, Ari Tante Hooney. No, Kev, I believe it is Ariana. Hell Ari Andy. something. It is uh, the drag name of uh, Ariana Grande. That, guys, yeah, that's guys, it, that one. Guys, yeah. it's Ariel Helwani. <laughs> I don't think that's right. It doesn't sound so right. I'm, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Right, yeah, where can people uh, find you? All that good junk. You can find me every Monday on the MMA Hour. You can occasionally find me on the MMA Beat, both of these shows being at MMA Fighting. And uh, the best place to find me is on Twitter. Find me on Twitter at New York Rick. Um, because I like to think I'm pretty witty on there, but most of the time I'm not. But I mean, at, at bare minimum, you're going to get like one favoritable tweet. Per ten, and I think that's a pretty good ratio. <laughs> that's <a> good generation. <laughs> well, you At know, what, Eric, ten percent Rick. We ten percent Rick is amazing. <laughs> Eric, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show. We always have a great time talking with you, and we're glad that you were able to walk us through. Uh, I guess whatever we call as a fight. Uh, between two guys who should have fought a long time ago. But thank you so much, dude. And we always love having you on. We will see you back on very soon. Thank you, guys. And uh, Kevin, meet me in Temecula.
fun podcast. That was as much fun talking about boxing as anyone had watching boxing. I would argue, uh, hopefully, more fun than the actual fight. I would for sure argue that. So, big picture, MMA's better. Toads. <laughs> Not according uh, to Eric Jackman. Yeah, except according to Eric. Being a facetious D-bag Jackman. when given that prompt. Of the boxing half hour, I think that's his I'm really glad that you pressed back on him about the fact that he was being facetious. Like, you caught it and you just go, hey. Good journalism. That's mean. (laughs) Hey, you're being a real meanie on my (laughs) podcast right now. That's just, those are bad manners, sir. (laughs) um, It's time to end this thing, though. Yeah. We're going to rock into some shout outs. Shout outs. Uh, first, I do want to talk about my grab and pull gi. It's Navy. <laughs> you know I bought this a little while ago. Yeah. So I've been putting it through the ringers. First of all, beautiful gi. Absolutely aesthetically very pleasing. The pants are light and comfortable and great. Jacket is uh, a little heavy, but in a good cut way. Just know that it's a little heavier and the thing doesn't shrink that much. So throwing out an early... Approval on this grab and pull gi. Kev, so when you thought of that in your head that you're going to start talking about your gi, which I, I have no problem with. Sure. Did, did it naturally sound conversational to say, Raph, that's amazing. But first, I'd like <laughs> to spend a little more talking about my gi. Uh, I mean, I do guess you I feel the infomercialness like, of it. Do you do you hear it in you? I'm just trying to give the people what they need. And what they need is the information about the ghee products. And I let the rest get judged by history. Okay. Is that a <clears throat> non-specific answer to your very specific question? Like, you Here's what I believe. Answered like, okay. it as well as Eric answered any of our questions. So I really, you know, beggars can't be choosers, I guess. Eric Jackman from the Mixed Martial Arts 20 Seconds. Uh... What else? Oh, some great training went on Saturday. We had some open mat business going on, and we decided one of our training partner looks exactly like Liu Kang. I'm going to post a meme about this. Okay. And I want people to vote how much this guy looks like Liu Kang. <laughs> but it's a lot. Okay. <laughs> like, so well, I don't like think Liu that's Kang. the way surveys work. That's uh, Yeah, I'll, I'll work on the phrasing. Okay. I'll work on the phrasing. Um, so big shout-outs to the crew, and that's going to do it for me, Raph Esparza, except one more thing, my Datsusara bag. Just <laughs> but phenomenal. First... Traveling. Just phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, what, what were you saying? Uh, I was just saying, you know, if you're going to make a segue, a hard segue into the bag, you should be like, but first, I want to talk about my Datsusara bag. That's what I want to talk about. Okay, that's good. <laughs> First and last, if I can make a few comments about Kansas politics. <laughs> you're, you're up. Thank you. Uh, that's our great bag. Can't, can't mock it. It's actually uh, amazing. It gets me everywhere to training. But first, I want to talk about some great training that took place over at Valley Martial Arts Center on Friday. I sent Kevin a note about this because it, it is such an interesting concept. But uh, our instructor, Marcelo, he decided on Friday night 
that you know it's no gi let's let's do a little no gi and you know let's see what happens if we add some strikes into it no big deal but let, let's do some no gi guys and uh it was interesting to do training with no gi and to really uh not just you know practice your kicks your strikes your punches what have you uh but to also really get used to that in a grappling setting because we really don't do a ton of grappling with strikes do you no i used to do it a little bit but you were doing it with a little bit more aggressive strikes than i'm used to when i was in combatives we did take a lot of like there was a lot of striking incorporated it was usually like open palm slapping to kind of simulate the punch without giving it the impact on your knuckles yes and that was something that I was kind of expecting. I was kind of expecting to do some, you know, open palm slaps. I had some people that I had some issues with that I'm sure we could settle through some open palm slaps. No, just kidding. <laughs> By giving them the old 19th century marriage counselor. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I thought your, your comment was a little short-sighted. Slap. Um, no, I, I was excited to do this, but it was also weird because it's not the jiu-jitsu you're used to doing. But it is very helpful, and uh, my thanks to Marcel for doing it. Although, Kevin, uh, I would say I was a little more aggressive than usual, so that was interesting to find out. And when people were saying, did you do better with it, I said, kind of, but I'm also not delusional enough to think, well, Kev, (coughs) that's it. Going into MMA. Oh, see, I think you should be that delusional. I think you're really being short-sighted, not going directly into MMA. Nope. Nope, not in the least. Because you know what happens? The first time I get hit with a really good punch, I'm absolutely certain I'd be like, okay, guys, I don't want to play anymore. Nope. Oh, that was fun. But... Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> don't hit me anymore in the face. And I promise to be good and compliant. But no, I mean, it was, it was cool to do. And I hear we might do it every once in a good while. So my thanks to everybody at VMAC. It was uh, really cool at Valley Martial Arts Center. You guys can find us in North Hollywood. Also want to give a big shout out to our friends. Over in North Hollywood as well. I wanted to get it out of there before you. As I you wasn't sure. Just... You know, I was trying to stall for you to do one. But you took so long that I, I was almost about to press forward. There once was a place called VMAC. Oh, say does that star spangle for the land of free and the home this is how you can tell that we're, we're just shitting around at the last part of the show. But, uh, People are like, I stopped listening. I shut it off. The second time they sang that goddamn no, national anthem, I said no more. For I'm not going to listen to we another one. We don't word. reward them for making it all the way to the end because shit like this happens where we just get the giggles. And we can't help it. We hope you enjoy that. Okay. Serious, though. Serious stuff. Guys, but first, let's also give a big shout-out to our friends over at uh, Breakdown Academy. John Evans, always doing great instruction. I got to roll with him a little bit. Got to talk with some folks over there. Buddy Carlo always kills it with great, great rolling. One of my favorite training partners, uh, bar none. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about... uh, 
God, so many people coming through this week. We also want to give a big, big plug. So I know Metamorphosis is going on this weekend, and I know a lot of you guys are like, how did you not do a show on Metamorphosis, Kevin? Right? Yeah. Saturday? Kevin, how did we not do a show on Metamorphosis? Uh, well, we seem to have made it without it. We're feeling fine. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, whatever. It's happening. You're watching it or you're not. Some people may not be watching it. If you are not watching it, I would highly encourage you guys to go to Jiu-Jitsu in the Park. It is an equal grounds exhibition. It's taking place in Long Beach. And uh, it is actually going on uh, next Saturday, May 9th at 3 p.m. over in Long Beach until about 7.30. It's going to be a little bit of a mix of some open mats. There's also going to be some exhibitions going on. I hear our good friend Eric Medina may be involved. But uh, the good folks uh, between Mike Hoffer and uh, Iron Lion Soap are also helping put it together. So I would highly encourage you guys, if you want to go watch that, great. If you want to go watch Metamorphos, do that. By all means, everybody should watch Copa Podio as well, because let's just face it. The fact that Metamorphos keeps putting events on the same day as Copa Podio, it's not by accident. Let's be very no, clear. It's funny, too. And the fact that they're upping the start time. <laughs> so that Chael Sonnen's fighting on this fucking card again. It's like, yeah. what? Yeah. So it's not by accident. So at the very least, if you can watch both of them, do that if you don't want to support one of them for any number of reasons. Uh, I'm sure you can name ten of them if you were just to rattle off or at least a 15-minute one. Go ahead and do that. Uh, We'll see if we want to talk about it. We haven't made any decisions, but we decided not to preview it, so womp womp. Anyway, you guys, uh, we hope you have great jiu-jitsu training, MMA training, whatever you guys do. We hope you're enjoying yourselves, and I also want to give a shout-out to our good friends over at Dream Jiu-Jitsu. We heard you guys just finished up a great, great tournament. Kev, it is... I saw that they were finishing almost about seven. I might be a little early on that, but seven, a full tournament that was uh, very well received. So above being on time, people had good times, and I'm hearing good things about it. So to everybody over there, great job. And you know what, Kev? I think other than the folks who... uh, Oh, yeah. Everybody who I watched uh, the Pacquiao and uh, Mayweather fight with. You guys were awesome. My buddy Dave, thank you for opening up your house. And uh, everybody else, it was good to hang out with you guys and spend time. I hope you guys enjoyed your contributions to this podcast. Uh, There were many uh, great insights and uh, jokes that I was able to get because of you guys. So thank you very much. That's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good fight and good night and... It's time to end the podcast. Really, I'm I'm never listening. That's the last time. Great podcast, guys. Thanks for the last thing I ever listened to. Peace. Good stuff.